matters worse is you're allowing it a lifetime of nutritional deception has forced us into the fight for our lives we are the plant-based riot we are here to tear down that curtain of secrecy created by our very own american food industry a plant-based diet and a disease-free life are not out of reach make the choice Like I said, I'll, I'll be jumping over there every so often to uh, re-roll that roll. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, okay, so this is going to be uh, beginning of the episode for syncing two cameras together. There you go. All right. Um, feeling good, Mr. Doctor? Dr. Brian? I'm feeling still a little under the weather. Uh-huh. But uh, I can hear it a little bit. Got Sounds that sexy, sexy good, voice. Yeah. I don't know if it's the 4:30 a.m. voice or the sick <laughs> voice or conversation or a combination of the both. It's probably all of, it. of all the, the two. Above. Keep it going. <laughs> I have the sniffles. <laughs> there it is, folks, on the bell. Um, guys, today we're talking soy, and we're getting to the bottom of this American soy presumption. The soy awakening is upon us today. Okay, um, soy in its natural state is safe, normal, nutritious food. True or false? True. Okay. Today, we want to thank Whisper Farms. Whisper Farms is a co-op of backyard farms and gardens providing greens and fruits available at the Atwater Village Farmer's Market. Come check him out. Moringa Mike, what's in season? What's going on in the market? What do you want to try next? You know, I, I would love to try soybeans. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Soybeans? Yeah. It sounds crazy. You know, people are are used to hearing that it's ho- so horrible, but I love soybeans uh, as a sprout. They're very easy to sprout. They're so delicious. Um, they're nice and crunchy and sweet, and you can throw that in a stir fry, and uh, that's an easy meal that's healthy. Well, you heard you guys heard it here first. Soy delicious. If we had any sponsors, we would have just lost all of them right now. By that statement you just said. <laughs> Scary, right? You know, I no. there's so many beans uh, that are so easy to sprout and they're so healthy. You know, mung beans. That's what that's another one I'm gonna do. And the soybean belongs right in there with all the other pantheon of wonderful beans. Let's give it let's get it back there. And you yeah. know, just really quick, a lot of people that I do work with, they, they don't know what sprouting is. So they ask me like what what is sprouting? I know we've mentioned it on the show before, but since you are a superior sprouter, can you just tell us what sprouting would do to a soybean? 
okay. even the lectin content, because we're going to talk about lectins in the near future. So when you sprout, you're essentially um, beginning the germination process, the growing process of the bean, as uh, if as if you were going to Oktoberfest, gonna... the germination. <laughs> here, here. <laughs> as if you're going to plant a vegetable in the ground. Um, this is kind of like a trick, a way of tricking the plant into thinking it's going to grow. Except you're not putting it in soil; you're putting it in a jar or a container, uh, and you rinse it with water, you know. And when when you do that, you're starting to puff up the seed. It starts to absorb the water. It starts to uh, leach certain anti nutrients that's in the seed, telling the plant to stay asleep. When you start to leach away those those nutrients, it starts to sprout. It starts to send out a root. And then it sends out a, a small leaflet, primordial leaf. And so by sprouting, you're kind of um, very quickly in, the, in a matter of days um, causing the plant to grow. And then as soon as it's just a few inches tall, you're done. And you can, you can cook it in, and in some cases have it raw. And um, it's a delicious, crunchy vegetable that only takes a few days to grow. I love it. Well, you guys heard, heard it here first. Come visit Farmer Mike at the Atwater Village Farmer's Market. Okay, guys, uh, we are Plant-Based Riots, uh, a weekly commutable-length evidence-based call-to-action conversation about living a healthy and disease-free life. Follow us on Instagram at the Plant-Based Riot. Visit the all-new Plant-Based Riot Facebook page. Thank you, Dr. Brian. Uh, we are also available on YouTube at the Plant-Based Riot. This is going to be our first uh, episode that we're putting up on uh, YouTube here, guys. So, uh you guys can play along uh, in the background on YouTube if you don't want to listen to it on podcast or SoundCloud or wherever you may get your podcasts. Uh, my name is Dan. I'm a three-year vegan husband, father of three fantastic, uh, three fantastic energetic plant-based uh, powered kiddos. I'm Mike. I'm a plant scientist, vegetable vendor, market gardener. I'm a dad with two boys that are constantly uh, in the garden with me. And uh, my wonderful wife giving me support. I'm Brian. I'm a metabolic scientist. I also have three wonderful, energetic little kids and a wonderful wife that helps me manage them and wrangle them. Uh, I have been rocking with my guac out for the last 24 years and uh, just trying to live the plant-based lifestyle. You got the best ones. What was the other one? You had uh, egg, egg, eggplant murder? Yeah, like just they just <laughs> they just come to me and out of body vision out of body vision so i love it nice that's fantastic insane for romaine i think that was the other one <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> he's insane <Got> romaine <laughs> uh mike throwing this your way why are we avoiding soy in this country well you know marketing i would say is why we're avoiding soy there's no real good reason why in my opinion but um there's a number of reasons why, um, for marketing purposes, why uh, people are avoiding soy. Um, so I would say number one is because of GMOs. Um, soybeans have gotten a bad name because of GMOs. Um, and uh, fears about what that is. What am I eating? What kind of chemicals am I putting in to my food? Um, so, you know, peel back the layers uh, and go back in time before soybeans were kind of prostitutionalized by the United States. Uh, go back to ancient China, you know, in 
ancient farming methods of using this this very useful bean plant and you'll find that it's it's really quite wonderful <laughs> that's awesome um so the other thing is that soy has kind of in the last 20 30 years kind of gotten a, a really good uh grade as being like a wonderful healthy plant and then un recently the fda is is kind of reconsidering the effects that soy has on health so, I mean, I think it was like 1999 uh, is when soy really kind of hit the market and the FDA said, hey, this is a healthy, healthy food. Uh, you should eat soy, put soy in your diet. Uh, it has all these um, wonderful impacts on health. It helps reverse like cardiovascular disease, arterial disease, um, helps fight obesity and things like that. And during this time, once the food industry got word of this, they just, as Mike said, they really prostitutionalized this this bean. And within the first three years of that statement being said that soy is a healthy product, um, the food industry basically created like nearly 3,000 new novel soy foods, soy-based foods, based upon the FDA's claim. So the food industry got this claim and they just said, okay, we're going to make everything with soy in it. And they oversaturated the market with soy. And now the FDA is re is re-examining their statement that they made in 1999. And they're, they're trying to basically take those claims away saying that soy might not be as healthy as we once thought. And it's, it's, but originally they were saying soy in its natural state, and now they're now they're going back because it's in a de-dangered state now. We really don't Something see happened. it in its natural state anymore. I mean, it's Mike can, can you if know confirm cook, this. I mean, if you're a cook and you're in the kitchen, um, then soybeans are a go-to uh, food source. They're a staple food. But I I want to say for most Americans, cooking has kind of gone by the by the wayside. But it is it is rebounding these days. I think, but. Um, you know, for the decades past, uh, I think most Americans uh, have not really been in the kitchen. And so th when they hear about soy, they're like, maybe it's good. How can I easily get this into my body? And there's a there's a wide array of processed foods in the middle of the store where I can just grab, you know, all kinds of all kinds of different novel foods that that have soy products Filler. in them. If, if they're good for me, then why don't I just have all these different treats? You know, that's the easiest thing for most Americans to do. But go back to basics, soybeans uh, and cooking with them, that that's possibly the most daunting part for Americans. Just cooking in general. Just cooking in general, yeah. yeah. But, you know, what's, what's a little confusing is if we look at these FDA claims and now that they're kind of revoking what they said in the late 90s you know soy something that is an absolute staple in nutrition and understanding soy is that soy is very high in fibers very high in vitamins very high in minerals very low in saturated fat um, and natural soy products contain very high protein levels a lot of amino acids in there so this could be another example of how politics change the american diet Right? Absolutely. So, so who knows what's driving this this alteration in in how we look at soy, right? Um, and it just shows that, like, you know, when it comes to capitalism and making money, I mean, man exploits nature, 
right? I mean, we say, okay, soy is good. Everybody eat it. Now soy is bad. Don't eat it. And through manipulating, um, you know, nature, we're also changing the American diet because if we're making these claims saying, don't eat this, eat this, eat more of this, then that's ultimately going to have an impact on our health. So, um, you know, let's, let's really get into the soy topic today and and see if we can kind of unveil, um, you know, a lot of the misconceptions around soy. Let me get, let me give a little bit of a background on soy. So, um, from my experience in plant families, I know soybeans are in the Fabaceae family or the legume family. Legume refers to all beans or peas, beans. These are all kind of interchangeable. Um, soybeans are native to China. They're one of the oldest of all agricultural crops. They've been consumed for the last 3,000 years. This is this is a, a crop that um, civilization was built on, right? Um, I think that um, when you look at the origins of soybeans, these are, um, these are, this is a vegetable that is so important um, for farmers for a number of reasons. It's the most sustainable way to get protein. Bean plants are so important. So soybeans, you know, for Asia, agriculturalists in Asia, the soybean is what built civilization. Um, So when when I refer to soybeans, I'm referring to the importance of uh, how beans can nourish the soil. So soybeans and all beans have this ability to fix nitrogen in the soil. And so when you when you grow a bean plant, you can either use it for food or you can use it to increase the fertility of soil. And when you do that, um, basically there's bacteria in the root system of the bean that pulls nitrogen from the air, puts it into the root, and you can use that to pump up the protein content of the bean. This is why beans have so much protein. Um, or you can let that bean stay in the soil and release that nitrogen into the soil to grow something else. And that's a rotational crop? Is that what that's Yeah, or to? a cover crop. Cover crop. So as a farmer, especially an ancient farmer, the bean is the most important vegetable ever. If you don't have beans, there's just no way we have civilization. There's no way we have our modern society. Um, we can't exist without it. So farmers know this. Yes. So like understanding how to use beans to nourish the soil to obtain more nitrogen. So the more nitrogen, the healthier the soil. It's like a cultural achievement. Absolutely. Okay. If you want to talk about an organic way to nourish the soil, this is it, folks. This is the one. So are the the major agricultural businesses that are producing massive amounts of soybeans, are they using this process? Are they... Are they making cover crops out of soybeans to grow healthier soybeans that we're using for um, factory farming and that we're using for, uh, you know, soy byproducts that we're putting in every food that we're making in the United States? You know, I'd say in the United States, uh, soybeans are widely used as a cover crop. Uh-huh. However, they're also, they're primarily used as uh, animal feed these mm. days. Mm. But, you know, in the... Since the Green Revolution, 
uh, I would say Americans specifically and in first, first world nations, we're reliant more on on uh, chemical fertilization. But um, the soybean in and of itself doesn't really rely too much on fertilizer. It kind of is of itself. You know, um, soybeans and all beans, they don't like to be fertilized. This is why this is why beans are so easy to grow. Mm. You know, like you see, um, you see uh, kindergartners growing bean plants in the window of their class. <laughs> like anybody can grow a bean. Yeah. You know, like when people say, "I want to start a garden," what should I grow? Grow beans. That's like the easiest thing you could ever grow. It's it's foolproof. And now beans are under attack thanks to the plant paradox and the lectin scare, where. These things that nature grows naturally and effortlessly are under attack. Yeah. And it kind of goes against the evolution of agriculture that it does. We've, we've experienced since the dawn of man, right? The, the bean is the most important vegetable yeah. ever. Yeah. Um, wow. And I don't say that lightly. It's, there's a reason why it's so important. You know, it's, it's this humble bean plant. It, it has given us so much. <laughs> Respect the bean. Yes, let's not bite the hand that feeds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Another, yeah. <clears throat> That's good. Well, that. So then, how is soy made? Like, I, I, you you talked a little bit about process and history there, but how okay. is soy made? Like, what is what is soy? Soy as a food. Yes. So, are you talking about like tofu and tempeh and I don't byproducts know. of soy? Or I don't know. I guess like I'm just like because. So, I don't know. So soy is the bean, yeah. and and we refer to eating. I maybe guess like tofu or yeah. other soy products that are good for you and then what are soy products that are not good for okay, you so like then, where is it so then we're talking about like minimally denatured soybeans that we use as other products yes okay so traditional ways yeah, of cooking that, okay. so, so like you know yeah. it's funny mike said something about the second graders and you know w- one of the products that we get from soybeans is of course tofu right and you know tofu so when we're talking about like Foods that we should be eating that are soy-based, the most important thing is we want minimally denatured products, right? So we call this first-generation soy products, and that would be something like tofu and tempeh and your big one, miso, because what what does miso have that we vegans have very- B12. Right, so fermented beans. Um, You know, so let's talk about tofu. Tofu is very easy to make. It's water, soybeans, blender, Right. Second grader can make it. As Dan, as, as uh, Mike said, second yes. graders can grow beans and they can make tofu blocks. So you take you take the beans, you put them in water, you blend it, you remove that uh, paste, put it into some cheesecloth, add a little bit of salt, pepper, olive oil, and a little bit of lemon. You add that together with the cheesecloth, and you basically make this block, and it curds. It makes this like curds curdy sort of block, and then you have soybeans that have been minimally denatured right okay and it's so funny because that's something as mike said a second grader could make but if you look at something like you know high fructose corn syrup that we create as a sugar that's something that chemists have to make right so that's something that's incredibly denatured and made in in a laboratory where a soybean block is is very or tofu block is very minimal changing of that bean right you're just adding a couple of things such as water soy or oil and you're not removing anything right you're not 
you're not using chemical extraction to take specific things out. I see. Okay. And uh, then second generation is that's what you refer to as the yeah. So the second generation is the things like where you have isolated soy protein and isolated soy products, um, which generally requires a laboratory to do. So like these chemical extractions. Um, so you know a, a lot of isolated soy proteins are used in throughout the entire food industry. So um, if you were to have, um, and they're usually non-nutritive additives such as fillers. So when you start to denature soy and you have to use chemical extraction to get at these um, proteins in soy to be used as fillers, uh, we see that in things like Cheetos and Lucky Charms and Pop-Tarts and... Um, hot pockets, you know, these things have all these soy fillers in there that, you know, basically expand the volume of the food and save the food producer money, right? So if you're making a hot pocket and you have like, uh, you know, uh, eight ounces of Italian sausage that you want to put in that hot pocket, an easy way to get 12 ounces of Italian sausage is to mix that with soy filler, right? So it's mixed so, into the meat yeah, absolutely. as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, uh, meatless burgers are a lot of, you know, so people that are eating like the veggie burgers are, you know, that's a lot of the isolated soy properties that they use oh. to make, you know, so you don't, not too often do you go to a restaurant and see a veggie burger that has like chunks of whole soybeans in it, right? So um, isolated soy protein is another one because when you, when you chemically extract um, the protein, it gives the the consistency of like meat, like a very chewy, rubbery um, mouthfeel. Interesting. So okay. like if you look at um, isolated soy protein, it, it looks like bacon bits, right? Like it's hard, it's crunchy. You add a little bit of water to it and then it turns into like a spongy, rubbery, meaty texture. So, um, you know, so the take the takeaway is, you know, if you're going to eat the soy products and the soybeans, in a minimally denatured form, try to go for those first generation um, products, which would be miso, um, tofu, and tempeh. Well, that's good. Is there a scale of like what has what is more and what is less of the? Uh, is it would it be denatured? Is there is there a range yeah, well, of that? Well, I mean, a chart or something like that that shows like different levels of. Later, we can get into different levels of isoflavins that. Um, appear when you denatured soy and you um, you know use chemical processes to alter it. We can talk about that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean the safest way. I mean the the, the pitfalls to avoid is, is one is how do we avoid the GMO thing with soy? And Mike, I mean there's at this point there's really no way to avoid that in the right. United States. Ninety five percent of soybeans in the U S are GMO genetically modified organisms. So what does that really mean? It means that, um, so for soybeans, they're ready roundup soybeans. Uh, recombinant DNA has been put into the soybean so that when grown, uh, it can be sprayed with the herbicide glyphosate, known as roundup, um, and uh, it won't kill the plant. It'll kill weeds growing nearby the soybean plant. So um, it's... It's something that um, a lot of people should be concerned about. And uh, so when you have genetically modified soybeans, not only is there the possibility that, of that being unsafe, because it hasn't really been tested, but um, you're going to have a lot of glyphosate residue 
um, when you're eating soybean uh, plants that have been sprayed. So I think that's a legitimate reason to avoid soy if it's not organic or if it's not um, grown in a natural way. So, you know, if that's the reason why you're avoiding soy, that makes sense. However, what about organic heirloom soybeans before we... So it's not GMO. Not GMO. What about, you know, going back to basics, you know, um, forget about what we've done to the soybean plant to make it something that is horrifying. Go back in time, back before America ruined the soybean and called it, you know, evil. Um, And if you find, if you find uh, people in ancient China... Um, living off of this very important crop, you'll see it's it's a wonderful thing. And these are the people that are living to 116 years old, right? Yeah, now. most of the blue zone, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, um, what's that? Uh, there was there's a woman currently uh, the oldest woman right, li- yes. living in the U.S., 116 years old. She's eating she's eating probably tofu. She's probably eating um, some co- some form of minimally processed soybean. You know, uh, people in blue zones are eating a cup of beans a day. So this re- this includes soybeans and many other types of beans. And they're probably using the beans as cover crops to grow all their other plants. They right? are. In the blue zones, right? Right. So, um, you know, as Dan was saying, how do we, how do we, how do we undo the GMO thing? Because if you want the best case of how food is politics and food is political power, if 95% of the soybeans are GMO, who owns that? That. So who 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 owns ninety five percent of the soybeans that are genetically mon- modified and have Roundup? So I don't want to say the name of the company. We all know who it is. Yeah, it starts with an M. It's the elephant in the room, <laughs> and it rhymes with. But you know, <laughs> I don't like over time. I've learned, I've learned to not necessarily blame a particular company. What I what I'm more interested in. In figuring out is like why why are we in the current state that we're in um, like why is why are certain companies rising to the occasion to give us these these products you know um, and I've, I've realized that because 95% of people in America are not farmers this is why 95% of our of our soybeans are GMO you know so it's compensating for the lack of farming. And that's funny because on, on the medical side, 95% of the people don't know what they're eating or why they're eating. So we're in this pickle per se because we've just we've just abandoned agriculture and nutrition. We're letting other people take care of that. And then right. when we get sick, we don't get to the root of the cause. We let the pharmaceutical companies come in and take care of that. right? So we can go focus on more important things like so you think you can dance and Americans got talent, right? Like those shows, right? We've completely like disconnected from these things in our lives. And here we are. Now we have, uh, you know, food that has recombinant DNA in it. And, you know, we have diseases coming up that right. 20 years ago never existed. Right. If this, if these kinds of things make you angry, then ask yourselves, why, why did we get, why did we get here? And uh, if, 
if enough people cared about their food and decided to be a part of the solution, then we wouldn't have to worry about these kinds of things. You know, we we are we are all inherently contributing sure. to the perpetuation of ignorance, right? Some of these huge corporations that are ruling the world. We we are giving them power by by inaction. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So so Brian, to your point a second ago, can can you actually get can you get cancer? Can you get hormone and thyroid issues um, by eating soy or by eating uh, denatured soy? Like I've I've heard of these I've heard of these okay. uh, yeah these scary so these conditions that that come about from eating soy. Um, right, right. So, um, let just kind of make a blanket statement first, and then um, we can kind of get into some of the more specifics. Um, it is still entirely unclear if soy induces cancer, or induces thyroid issues, or induces uh, any other kind of chronic disease, even um, in a natural state or denatured state. Well, and that's just the problem: is most studies that have been conducted don't really look at the natural versus denatured state. Because right? it's two separate things, Well, it's, it's too complex, right? I mean, we've, we have turned soy and soy products into such a unrecognizable thing that it's really hard to study all the manipulations of soy that we've created. Right? Like I said, in 1999, over the course of like four or five years since the FDA made that claim, nearly 3,000 soy products came out, right? And that's, how, how do you test all of those independently and try to get some sort of like answer of what soy is doing to the body? So there is a lot of conflicting evidence out there on soy research that says that soy is good for you, soy is not good for you. So whenever we have a lot of conflicting evidence and things can't be replicated, we just scratch our head and say, okay, we still don't know. We have these good studies that show this, this, and this. Um, right, but you, you might read like soy causes cancer right. at a, on a headline. You might think, oh, that's scary. But then would you ever see eating beans causes cancer? Right. No, what what is that even like? How can that be true? So let's 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 you know that's crazy. Let's kind of like break this down a little bit and let's let's think rationally and critically for a second. Mike had said that ninety five percent of soybeans are GMO, and they can say they contain something called Roundup, right? right? Also known as glyphosate. Okay, glyphosate itself. What does that do to? I know like caterpillars and butterflies and insects. What does it do to those things that try to eat the plant? Well, you know, glyphosate, uh, as far as I know, isn't, isn't harmful to insects. Uh huh. The, that's no, um, the ones that, that, that harm insects are known as BT. And are those in soybeans? You know, they might be, but, um, I, I usually refer to BT as being in corn. Okay. Because of the okay. corn earworm eating corn, but okay. The the whole point of glyphosate is uh, is about weed control. Okay. Um, but um, as far as the effects of glyphosate, there, there is an effect that it has. Yes. And what um, is that? That's an endocrine disruptor. Disruptor. And what is what is endocrine? So your endocrine system is is basically your biochemical signaling, right? So everything that you do throughout your day relies on chemical signals, right? Okay. If you want a muscle to contract, right? If you want to reach for a can of beans in the cabinet. Biochemical signals have to have to tell the body to do that. So when you have disruption of the endocrine system, 
and those signals are being basically cut off, then you start to run into to problems, right? So glyphosate is an endocrine disruptor. So is it potentially soy that is inducing some type of uh, illness? Or is it the consumption of glyphosate that is right. producing... And that's in more than just soy. Right. Right. And and if, you know, if we look at how much soy we consumed we consume throughout the day, whether we know it or not, because it's in so many other foods, so many other fillers, are right. we getting complications from over-ingestion of that endocrine disruptor, or is it from the bean itself? And I don't think we've really a- asked this question. Right. A right. lot of people are afraid of soybeans because they say it has phytoestrogen, which is like supposedly something that will give you man boobs or, you know... You know, men, I would say men in particular are scared of it. Women say it may cause breast cancer. But, you know, when we talk about um, glyphosate as an endocrine disruptor, that that is going to mess with your hormones. Worse? More so than the f- so-called phytoestrogen, with it, which is in beans. Um, all beans. All beans contain phytoestrogen. Black beans? Yes, black beans actually have more phytoestrogen than soybeans do. So, you know, when you say, oh, I don't want to eat soybeans because they have these estrogens, um, yet black beans are supposedly so great for you. Right, but they're not under attack, right? No, all beans have these phytoestrogens, and they're really not something to be afraid of. Um, Unless you're eating beans in a very highly processed chemically extracted way because why why is that because um if you're going to take certain specific proteins out of a bean and put that into a processed food such as like a protein shake um then you're going to be eating a highly refined form of of the bean and that's possibly how you could run into having too much of something within the plant like a phytoestrogen but but in its traditional Stage. In a traditional sense, yeah, if you have the fiber uh, still there um, and it's in a minimally processed way, there's nothing to worry about as far as phytoestrogen. Okay. Yeah. Um, Glyphosate is is, is well, the bad one and, that you need to worry about. And let's clear the air a little bit with the, the phytoestrogen because that's the question I get all the time is uh, when I'm doing consulting with people. It's like, well, I don't eat soy because it has estrogen. It doesn't have estrogen. It has soy isoflavins, which is a phytoestrogen and the two compounds estrogen and phytoestrogen they resemble one another physically they have very similar physical properties so what that means is that the phytoestrogen can bind to the same receptor as natural estrogen right okay. so when you want estrogen to have its its impact it has to bind to a receptor that uh, is specifically designed for estrogen to communicate with the cell. Okay, so when we have phytoestrogens, we have these compounds that resemble estrogen, but they have a much weaker impact on what it tells the cell to do when it binds to the receptor. So they're not the same, and the the soy isoflavins or the phytoestrogens, and there's two of them that are kind of under attack the most and that's um genistein and daidzine those are the two yes those are the two phytoestrogens um so those are the ones that are constantly being uh attacked um 
So the studies that look at these isoflavins or these soy isoflavins, you know, we have to take into account that anything that is an estrogen, there's a lot of things that we have to consider when we're doing research on it, and that's the ethnicity of people and the hormone levels of people at certain ages because as we age, as we get older in chronological age, estrogen levels increase or decrease and especially if you're a man or a woman we have to we have to consider uh the sex or the gender as well because these things have different uh they react differently in the body um so you know the way these isoflavins interact with the body is through something called estrogen receptor alpha or estrogen receptor beta and from most of the studies that i've read when isoflavins bind to the estrogen receptor, and it seems like estrogen receptor B is the one that everyone's looking at, they have uh, anti-carcinogenic effects. So this gets the wa- the water gets muddier because when we look at where estrogen receptors are in the body, they're spread out in the body differently between men and women, right? There's different locations of estrogen receptors. Um, You know, they're in the uterus. They're in breast cancer cells. So that's where a lot of people make that association where, you know, soy can cause breast cancer or soy can reduce breast cancer because these receptors are in those cells. They're in the hypothalamus. Um, They're in efferent ducts, which are uh, the testicles. So we have estrogen receptors in, in, in the testicles. Um, they're in the kidney, the brain, the heart, the lungs, the intestines, the prostate, right? So that's why a lot of people look at prostate cancer and soy because these receptors are located there. So they're, they're spread out through the body. Um, and we all, everyone at this table has different ratios of alpha and beta in their body, right? So Mike, you might have just genetically more beta receptors than Dan does. Dan might have more alpha receptors, which means soy isoflavins are going to respond differently in your body than in Dan's body. So, so it, it, the, the waters get really, really muddy with the research. Um, but uh, one study that was done by uh, my mentor at the University of Illinois, one of my mentors, um, Abir Mohammed, she's a MD and PhD. She's basically showed me everything that I knew um, throughout my PhD. Um, she did some research on genistein and she did it in prostate cancer cells. They basically looked at three different cell lines and they saw how genistein either increased or decreased metastasis of prostate cancer. And they found that the more genistein that you had, the more upregulation of estrogen receptor beta receptors became present. And the more of these, these receptors that were upregulated through the consumption of soy reduced cancer metastasis. Wow. So... There was this inverse correl- there was this inverse relationship between cancer and estrogen receptor beta, beta, where if the cancer was uh, the cancer levels were higher, those receptors were lower. Wow! So she saw that the more soy that you ate, the more upregulation of these receptors, the decrease in markers of cancer. So wow. yeah, so to so me, to me, it seems like you know. If you're eating soybeans in their tradi- traditional ways, tofu, miso, tempeh, then you're going to you're going to reap the, these benefits. Um, so let's let's be clear here. You know, if I'm eating a protein shake with soy proteins in it, I'm probably not going to realize those benefits that Brian just said. Yeah. So 
you know, like, let's use the analogy of the coca plant. Okay, so the coca plant, native to South America, is um, a traditional food, right? But once you chemically extract cocaine from the coca plant, all of a sudden you have a pharmaceutical drug that's highly addictive and can kill you. Um, the difference between medicine and poison is the dose. So, you know, if you if you isolate and extract certain chemicals from plants, you can very easily poison yourself. And this can this can be for any plant. And that's kind of what your the analogy is that's what's happening with soy that's right now. That's what's happening with soybeans, yeah. Yeah, it's... if you eat soybeans in their natural heirloom organic fermented sprouted cooked state, then it's it's so good for you. Um, but if you are isolating certain things and removing it, you know, like a study says soybeans are good for you. So let's take something specific out of the soybean plant because we believe that's what's so good for you. That's that's where it falls apart. And that's where you run into harming yourself. So it doesn't work if you try to isolate things from a plant. It only works if you have it in its natural state. And that's what we see in our freezer section, right? I mean, Dan, you know, you're kind of still figuring your way out through this vegan yeah, lifestyle, right? Totally. It's been three years, and totally. you're, you're, you're ahead of the curve because you do your own research. But, you know, when you go through the, you know, the freezer section at Whole Foods and you see all these, like, vegan, vegetarian alternatives. That, I, we're not – I – I don't know if I can always afford to shop at Whole Foods okay. once a year. Maybe yeah. that's where I'm at. Once a so year. yeah, when you go to these, well, okay, Ralph's or Vaughn's, sure, right? They're all carry, they're all jumping on the bandwagon yeah, right yeah. now. You go through the freezer section, and there's all these meat alternatives in there. Those are things that are denatured, overly processed, dehydrated, right? They they've taken the natural soybean and they've altered it. And when they do this, they alter that isoflavin or that phytoestrogen content okay right so um so that's something that our listeners be need to be aware of as well is if you're you know you're trying to figure out your way through this vegan vegetarian thing um the more denatured if you're if you're fearful of those isoflavins and those phytoestrogens that you have to be aware that when they process the soybean it changes the content so i have uh i got a graph here that shows um, how genistein and uh, daidzine, the two isoflavins that most research have been conducted on, how they're altered or, or what their content is in food products. So if we look at, um, and I'll just give you guys the total isoflavin count just to make this easier on you. If we look at a soybean, edamame, the total isoflavin count is 49 milligrams per 100 grams. Okay, so just remember the number 49. When we denatured soy and we make something like um, soy protein isolate, which is in a lot of the protein shakes, a lot of the energy bars, a lot of your texturized soy protein. As not, a filler? That's, as a filler, okay. right? Well, or just as a protein source, right? Okay. Both. You're, you're removing everything from the bean and just extracting the protein, right? Which sounds like a good idea. It does sound like a good idea, but now you go from a 49 total isoflavin count to a 92 isoflavin count. So now doubling it. Just, you're doubling it just by denaturing it, right? So you're, And that's bad. Well, if you're worried about, you know, the endocrine disruption and you're worried about the phytoestrogen, phytoestrogen levels, then yeah, this is something you need to, you need to be aware of. 
Uh, if you want something like soy-based bacon bits, right? Because there's a lot of soy I bacon. I remember those. Yeah. So now you're going from 49, which is the natural bean, to something that is 119 milligrams per 100 grams. So now you're you're it's super potent. You're potent. super potent, right? Notice that the bacon bits they don't have water. Oh, well, they have yeah, a very like, low water content, right? So it's super it's dry, crunchy. Like it's a soy protein that has been extracted from the bean, and then it's put into a dry food product that is, you know, highly processed. Right. So, um, wow. and then, like I said, it's everywhere. Even Kashi cereal, right? The big, the big uh, healthy cereal brand that's trying to deliver these. And it's funny because my wife brought home some Kashi cereal, and I was just like, "Why is this here?" <laughs> They're making cereal now that uh, is out of uh, chickpeas. It was like this cocoa chickpea cereal, and I, I had a few of them, and it was like eating chocolate cookies. I'm like, okay. So, yeah, it has a it has a chickpea base, but now it has all this chocolate and sugar on there. It's like frosted, right? So you don't ever eat anything that's frosted because that's just sugar, sugar right? Dude, um, why did they put chickpea in there? It's right. because people are scared of soybeans. Or chickpea right. is like this hot a chickpea new thing. is yeah. also a bean. A bean, which right, Much probably like has soybean. estrogen, right? So, like, people are just like, you know replacing the soybean with another bean just because people don't know right. about other beans. And it's funny because <laughs> it's just like it's just like the fast food companies, right? Like if you think like in the vegan world the number one evil corporation is what is at the top of the corporation scale? Like what is the right. worst food food you can eat? You guys sure Mickey D's. Mickey D's, right? Mickey D's isn't any different than McDonald's or Wendy's or Arby's, right? But for some reason, it takes the full impact, right? 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 right. So it like gets the brunt of it, and, yeah. yeah. And 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 when we get into the 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 bean world, it's the same thing. There's this hierarchy of like shitty beans, right? And soy <laughs> takes takes the biggest hit. Um, but right. you know, Kashi has um, seventeen point four milligrams per every one hundred grams. So um, you know. Raw tofu. If you were to eat raw tofu, just a regular cube, it has 23, so very little isoflavin content, right? And you guys can find this online. You just need to be aware of it that, you know, when you when you alter this product, you can potentially increase or decrease. You know, if we talk about soy milk, soy milk is 90% water, right? So right. you probably have even less isoflavin counts or quantity in, in soy milk. But you know that the story about the guy with the man boobs. Yeah. He's there. There's a story about this guy who he's, you know, he's more than middle-aged. Wait, I'm kind of, should I, I'm kind of worried about the man boob situation. Is this a, (laughs) a lot of men are worried about this, but really if you get down to it, it's, it's a little concern. First, the, the story about the guy with the man boobs, he was an old man, first of all. So when you're older, you're producing less testosterone and then also, this guy, he's drinking soy milk. Like, he's drinking like a gallon of soy milk a day. What yeah. Was it? He, so he's 60 years old, right? I mean, at 60, year, 60 years of age, everybody at this table is going to have man boobs, right? It's just, it just happens, uh, right? Inactivity, sedentary <laughs> no, lifestyle. Like, if, you're gonna be, if you're staying on the couch yeah. eating yeah. breakfast cereal for three meals a day with your soy milk, then sure, you're going to get man boobs. And, and but if, I mean, do you really think that that's not going to happen if you're just going to do that and at I mean, this, come on you know and this this man boob incident was published in i think in like men's health or something one a while ago mainstream publication and, and as we talked about in a previous episode human beings are creating this new pandemic of fear right because sure. we have access to 
all these different social medias, all these different, you know, devices where we can publish things. Um, Pause on, um, sorry, 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 sorry. There, you know, there is no um, scientific evidence that supported this whatsoever, right? Um, And he had, I believe he was drinking three-fourths of a gallon per day of soy milk. Who does that? Well, somebody that's replacing their water consumption with soy soy milk, right? Yeah. And what I thought was interesting about this is I don't I don't know too many people from that generation that is jumping on the soy milk bandwagon, right? Because if you you're you're at age sixty and you're like, oh yeah, I'm drinking soy milk, they're gonna be like, what the hell's wrong with you? We drink regular milk, right? <laughs> There's that like, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and on that note, what drives me absolutely nuts with these anti-soybean people is most of them are probably. I don't know, Mike. Maybe you can you can you know tell me if this is accurate or not. Most of them are probably drinking regular milk or goat milk or mm. what is that raw goat milk? That's the thing. Like that's yeah, that's a thing now. Okay, so so you're worried about a phytoestrogen. You're worried about something that is a weak estrogen, but you're drinking the lactation product from another animal that is pr- was pregnant. Right, a female. Female that is a lot of estrogen. producing a ton of estrogen and putting it right into that milk. This is, this is not a phytoestrogen. Yeah, the real this, estrogen. This is the, a real right. mammalian estrogen and this, coming from the mammary gland. You know, and this is where people <laughs> people are like, oh yeah, you know, it's it's the antibiotics or it's the it's the uh, steroids in the food that's cre- you know my daughter's creating you know getting large breasts at age fourteen. It's probably some of the milk and the cheese and the cream cheese and the yogurt and the things that have mammalian estrogen in it that is causing your young daughter to develop prematurely right and people don't realize that they don't put that together you're worried about a plant estrogen when you should be worried about these highly reactive estrogens in the product that can activate these receptors in our body right from dairy milk so i'm just i have to put that out there so you're saying i shouldn't be worried about the soy milk i should be worried about not going to the gym uh at sixty, are we talking about man boobs still? <laughs> no, you should always go to the gym. Okay, that okay, should okay, always okay. be a, that should right. always be a or part of. Or be in the a, garden, or be yeah. in the garden. There you go. Right. Um, I mean, if you want to talk about meat for a second, um, the, you know the reason why we have the luxury in America to have so much meat and animal products is because of soybeans, right? So, I don't follow you. You might you might think that um, I'm gonna avoid soybeans because. You know they're gonna give me man boobs or they're phytoestrogens or because you know the GMO element but you know the cheapest uh most abundant source of protein to feed animals is from soybeans so um whether you're talking about poultry beef pork and even fish um, all of them are given soybeans because that's the cheapest way to give them protein so even if you know i would say even if you're trying to eat organically um these these all these animals are going to be eating beans because that's that's the only real affordable sustainable way to give food to an animal. Even organic, even organic meat would contain, you know, like soy. I, I guess say, that's different, right? I would say. I mean, there is organic soy, um, but you know, going back to what are you really eating? You know, like if you're giving beans to an animal, then you eat the animal. You're kind of eating concentrated beans. Right? That's, that's what, what, that's that's what, what meat is. That's what dairy is. That's what. That's all they eat from, from whatever the animal eats. When they're born eat. to when they're slaughtered, right? It's it's in a concentrated 
soy and corn diet. They don't get, there's no diversity in their food. That's right. Right. So it's that three times a day, maybe four times a day. I don't know what, how often they feed, but that is all they are eating through their entire lifespan is soy and corn. We can briefly introduce lectin. Briefly. So, you know, like a lot of people are, are, are avoiding beans in general because they are scared of lectins because certain doctors have been mentioning it. But, um, think about lectin, like when you eat cooked beans, you're not really getting lectin. Wait, and what is lectin? Real quick, that's the lectin is a is a an anti nutrient that's, that's protecting inside the bean. It's inside the bean. It protects beans so that insects don't eat them, right? So that's raw. That's a raw bean, right? But who eats raw beans? Nobody. The animals. <laughs> okay, you're, you're right. Uh... People, people people don't eat raw beans, but we feed our we feed farm animals raw beans. Um, right, you don't see anybody out there cooking bean, a pot yeah. of beans for the cows, right? Yeah, they, there would be no profit in the the meat industry if we, right? You know, we uh, so you can't you blend can't it give, up. Yeah. I see. You wouldn't give raw beans to a person, but it's common to give raw beans to farm animals. And that lectin is bad for you if you eat it raw like that, or right? So when you cook beans, you remove you you denature the lectin content okay. by like ninety five or more percent. I see. When you have raw beans, you've got a lot of lectin in there. And when an animal eats those raw beans, its meat and its milk has a lot of lectin. Yes, so it if stores you're, it. If you're, whether it's organic or conventional, if you're eating a lot of animal products, you're going to get a lot of lectin. Yep. So we need to, we should do an episode on this, by the way. Yeah, it's coming. So uh, we're going to do that within the, the very near future. Great. Um, you know, and, and something else that I, I think we need to touch upon is... We've created this soy problem, right? I mean, like we've we've genetically modified it, and now we've created this system that, you know, it has meat in the foreground. We got to produce meat. This is a meat-eating country, and what do we feed all these animals to inexpensively feed them and get the most profit possible? We feed them soybeans, soybeans, right, or some other beans. GMO soy. So now, yeah. is in, is it safe to say that like the entire Midwest is mostly soybeans crops and corn? Okay, so right, yeah. so now the food industry and the meat producing industry has this overabundance of soy products, right? And we're using, as I said earlier, we're using them as fillers. So up to sixty percent of processed food contains soy fillers wow right so everything you eat that is in a wrapper and that you buy on a grocery shelf and has a nutritional uh, facts label on the back has some type of soy filler okay and it could be up to 60 percent of it um you know texturized soy protein that's in 50 to 70 percent of processed foods um soy enriched flour is in energy bars in sports drinks in infant formulas, in cereals, granola bars, imitation dairy products, ice cream, cheese, and even donuts have these um, soy... Donuts? F- soy f- yeah. Fuck. Um, <laughs> you know, most of the breakfast and lunch programs at schools have predominantly soy-based meals as fillers, right? Because like I said, it's a really cheap way to take something and make more of it. And also... This is what confuses me about what we talked about earlier of why the FDA is re- revoking their claim on this being a healthy healthy product is a lot of people use the soy filler because it's the healthiest choice as a filler. If you add soy to, let's say, ground beef, you're not going to change the fat content of the ground beef 
you're going to actually reduce it a little bit because you're diluting the, the ground beef with a soy filler, right? Um, if you add soy to, um, let's say, some like egg product that you can microwave, right? Like some Jimmy Dean thing, you're not going to increase the cholesterol by adding a soy product because soy is so neutral and so healthy, right? So you could put something in there like a filler, like let's say, let's put more cheese in there, but then you're going to increase the cholesterol content and you have to label that on the back of the label, right? And that might scare shoppers away. So people are, we're using this soy product as a filler because we have an abundance of it and because it's a healthy additive, right? So now the yeah. big picture, are we getting moves from eating soy? Are we getting cancer from eating soy? Are we getting endocrine disruption from eating soy? Possibly because it's in everything, right? It's in the meat. It's in, it's in the, it's a filler in all these products. So maybe we're over consuming soy on a daily basis and that's having a negative impact. And, and is it the soybean or is it the genetically modified soybean that that's could been be highly processed? Right. Who knows? So, so when, when you have people say soy is good or soy is bad, like that, that's some, that's an argument that can only really work in a society where almost nobody is cooking in the kitchen. You know, like a farmer, like, follow a farmer who's growing soybeans because it works it's nutritious are you gonna tell a farmer this is bad for you that doesn't make any sense to a farmer but to an american who doesn't cook their food doesn't grow their food that's that's an argument that will sway someone so it's just crazy to think that um fake news yes exactly you can't really tell you can't tell someone who's cooking at home and gar and growing their own food that a vegetable is bad for them. That doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> that only that only works if you're talking to someone who has no idea what they're eating and how it was grown. So, it, there's this there's this assumption when you say soy is bad. There's this assumption that you that one you don't cook, and two you don't farm. So then, do you get that? Yeah. It's like you don't yeah. cook and you don't farm. Yeah. Because they're assuming that you're going to be eating processed soy. Ah, uh, right, right. That's that's the assumption. They're not thinking for a moment that you're sprouting it yourself, that you're fermenting it, that you're cooking it in its traditional way. They're not talking about that. They're talking about processed soy that's in the breakfast aisle. Yeah. And that's not a balanced no diet that, approach either, right? No, not at all. That's that's what you need to avoid. Right. Because as we've seen, when you denature the product, you also, if you're worried about those phytochemical or phytoestrogens, you're altering the isoflavin estrogen content. The balance right? is different. Right. right. So, I mean, we saw in a soybean, it's very low. But once you start to manipulate that, you increase it. Right. So we're creating a Frankenstein here, yeah. which is detrimental to yeah. our health. So, you know, right. you know, and that's interesting is you, you talk to a farmer and it's like, okay, well, I use soybeans as a cover crop. I feed my animals with the beans and the the plants that we grow from the cover crop, and you're going to tell me that this this soybean is bad and it's going to make me sick. And you know, it's really it's yeah. How how can you convince a farmer of that? And that's a that's there's no a, way you can. That's a first world problem. Well, <laughs> take it to your market. How do you convince? How do you now convince future uh, shoppers at your farmers market that your your soy sprouts? Are a good thing. Right, so, so how do we how do we so for your about, market, how do we undo this? 
If you were to bring a product to your market and say, okay, the plant-based riot, we, we figured out how to undo this soy debacle. Okay. Here's so, what we've done to change your... So get this. Uh, ancient Chinese heirloom organic soybean, right? Okay. Sprout, um, sprout that ancient traditional bean. Uh, put it in a stir fry, cook it up. It's crunchy, it's sweet. It's got lots of fiber. It's got a lot of amino acids that are good for you. So, you know, take away, take away all of the, the nonsense that we've done to it. Bring it back to its original state. How do we do that? With somebody owning 95% of the soybeans, buy, how do we do that? You know, like buy, um, start growing soybeans in your, in your vegetable there, garden. There you go. Buy some, buy some organic heirloom, traditional soybeans, hold them in your hand. Look at them. These are beans. Hold people. your beans. Hold those, Play with your beans. Hold those beans in your hand. <laughs> you know, like it's so wonderful to to put your hand into a into a bag full of beans, right? It's Take a scoop full of these beans and look at them, feel them. These beans are agriculture. You're holding history in your hands. This is this is magic, right? Plant it. It's easy to grow. Sprout it. Uh, it's it's yummy. It's good for you. Um, how could this be bad? Yes. Right? So that's a bumper sticker. <laughs> so can you grow soybeans in different climates? Like let's say Absolutely. I, I'm in the Midwest. You can grow it inside of your inside of your apartment. Okay. <laughs> so we can undo this. We might not be able to do it to the bring it to the commercial grocery store, right? But we we could we can take soy back. We can get it back. Right. Own it. See, don't like, let don't let companies tell you what's good, what's bad. You know, use use your own common sense. If you yeah. gr- if you're growing a vegetable, how can someone tell you that's bad? It doesn't make any sense. So there's a company out now that's doing a lot with the mung bean. Okay. Okay. So, and I don't know if you know this off the top of your head, but you know, mung bean is a new buzzword in the the world of nutrition, right? <laughs> Okay. So, does a mung bean contain phytoestrogen? Absolutely. Does a mung bean? Uh, are we using? Are they produced with GMO here in the United States? Do you know that? No, they're not. Okay. So then that that is automatically a healthier. But if this becomes more popular and it gains more momentum, it's probably going to go that direction, right? That's right. Right. Yeah. So wow. So how do we? Are you going to Are you going to involve yourself in mung beans, or are you going to let GMOs take the take the lead yeah you know well how about this guys we're gonna do a little dance off here and we you guys will see it on the video okay we'll have our our new mascot for the show the dancing bean so (laughs) so you think you can dance (laughs) so you think (laughs) anyways i love it (laughs) It, that'll be our mascot it's so easy yeah yes to grow a bean sprout in soil in soil. Soil, soil. Oh my goodness. You can tell it's 5 a.m. Yeah, rough. Um, do you guys have, I know we're, we're going to, this has spawned a, uh, a lectin episode, this conversation yep. here. Do you guys have anything uh, to wrap up in soy here? As uh, I know we're, we're three dads that are getting ready to take our kids to school here any moment, but anything you want to throw in there, doctor? Um, you know, we just touched the surface of the research that's on soy. Um, and, you know, it's anti carcinogenic properties, you know. One thing just really quickly that, you know, a lot of 
cancer research is looking at is how soy inactivates something called uh, protein tyrosine kinase, which is a uh, protein that accelerates tumor uh, growth and metastasis of cancer. So there, there's just so much out there on soy. And, you know, when you're reading this material, you have to keep in mind that you, you have to know what they're treating the cells with or what they're, you know, what they're feeding the animal, what type of soy is it? And you have to really think critical on, on, on that type of stuff because we can't just say soy is bad when we've completely prostitutionalized this bean and we've created all these byproducts of soy and all these isolated soy properties. Um, I, the takeaway message is if you're going to eat soy, you, you got to do it the way the Japanese did pre-1960, right? Pre-American Western diet making its way over there. Um, or think traditional. About, yeah, think about the blue zones. You know, like these places, they eat soy. They eat natural soy products in its whole natural form. Yeah, and they're eating me. small amounts a day, right? They're not eating these these products that we get in, you know, on the shelf in the grocery store that has all these soy fillers in there. They're eating natural whole, whole food. So, you know, the verdict, have we made an unhealthy product in the United States with soybeans? Yeah, I think we have. I think we've we've taken something which we do with most things, right? Sure. That's just human nature, right? We exploit everything we're good to, at it, to make money. We are. That's one thing we're good at. We exploit humans, we exploit nature, and you know, we just have this like cyclic behavior. Right. Um, I think that yeah, you know, if you're if you're worried about soy, um then you need to find an alternative. And I know a lot of Asian grocery stores here in Southern California, they do import organic sprouted soy and it's from soybeans that are made or grown in uh you know the country that it's exported uh imported from so there are ways around it um and i just think we need to take the power back and kind of let soy heal a little bit and give it a rest absolutely i i love soybeans i love all beans they're all great um start growing it you know get familiar with it it's delicious. You can sprout it. You can ferment it. You can cook it. How can that be bad for you? It's not. Don't bean hate. Don't bean hate. <laughs> beans are the best. You, beans you guys, are good. You heard it from Moringa Mike. Stop, stop bean bashing over here. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> right. Well, guys, you've joined us for another uh, fantastic episode on soy. We are the plant-based riot. You are making the choice to live a longer, disease-free life. Eat your watercress. You always have a good one here, Brian. Uh, play with your beans. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd say, you know, like, don't be concerned when people say soy is bad. Be concerned when people say this is the greatest thing for you. This is the next biggest health food. That's what you need to be concerned about. Mm. Right. You can you can prostitutionalize anything. Soybeans, they're they're fine in their natural state. It doesn't matter what it is, what vegetable you're talking about. If we're going to be making health claims about it, that's where you need to say, wait a minute, what are you selling? You know, like, I love watercress, but you could take specific chemicals out of watercress and then and then put it in a pill, put it in some kind of health food product. It's no longer healthy for you. Yeah. Right? When you, when you break it, when you denature it. Could have an adverse effect then, right? Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right, guys. So, Dan, Dan, really quick, what about you? Where, where do you, le where do you rest now on the soy spectrum? Is that something you're gonna 
feed your family or how, how are you going to approach the, soy? In the, in the natural state that soy is, mm-hmm. that's where we're going to be at. Cutting out the um, processed foods, step one, which also have a lot of processed soy in them. Mm-hmm. And then getting and then trying to stay as uh, as traditional with the soy. That's that's my takeaway here. Uh, tofu, tempeh. We we do almond milk, so we're not really doing the soy mm-hmm. milk. We're not mm-hmm. and not, oddly enough, when we broke away from dairy, we don't drink like it takes us a week and a half to go through a, a thing of almond milk. Yeah. So it's like in moderation, it's it, fine. Yeah, and we're not even doing that much cereal anymore. You so. know, it's really funny because now, just you said that now that soy has been under attack for so long. It's like sprouted. It's it's been a catalyst Sprout. to make these other products, right? So now people are coming out with pea protein milk and almond milk and oat milk, sure. and, right? So all these, and now we're now it's like okay, well, now we have to try to figure out if these products are having an adverse effect. So <laughs> yeah. don't worry about don't worry about soybeans. Worry about claims about the next superfood. Yes, that's yes. where that's where you need to be because that's the, the marketing. In, that's the industry trying to fight for your dollar. Right, and even the health industry, they're doing the same thing that the you know the other other industries are doing. They're they're trying to compete for your there's, dollar. There's good intentions, yes, but there's also money to be made. Yes, so you got to do your own research, and you got to grow your own garden. Play with your beans. <laughs> All yes. right, guys, we are plant based, right?